0: Um, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that he is our God. Uh, Like Richie said, that's why we gather together on a Sunday morning. So again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us online or watching it later. And I just, you know, as people were kind of arriving today, there were a lot more kids here this week than there were uh, over the last couple of weeks. Glad families are starting to feel better. But kids, what time is it? Awesome. So um, so here at The Well, we, well, really like anywhere, just as believers, we are a family. And as a family, we do family things. And one of the things that we do uh, characteristically on the first Sunday of every month is we celebrate birthdays, because families celebrate birthdays together. So if you were born in the month of December, raise your hand real high. Real high. One, two, three, four, five. There you go. Don't be shy. Okay, great. Okay, so if if somebody around you had their hand raised, uh, we're going to say happy birthday and just kind of address the person close to you. So is this December birthdays? All right, Caleb. Okay, well, we're going to be singing happy birthday to you, buddy. Okay. All right, everybody ready? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Barry and Caleb and everybody else. Happy birthday to you. Well, that was a special birthday there. That's awesome. So uh, just a couple of reminders uh, about giving. Uh, Again, just thank you so much. We're kind of coming into the end of the year. We've had seriously, even given last year and this year with the pandemic, just very generous giving. Thank you so much. Giving online, giving here, giving in the boxes, mailing it in, lots of different options. We also at each of the boxes have um, kind of get-to-know-you cards, Uh, If you're new here, uh, we really do want to get to know you and uh, just include you as part of our family. So putting information on there gives us an opportunity just to reach out to you and know who you are and get to know you. So uh, we also, how many of you guys came to the star yesterday, the movie, the family movie? So lots of people. I heard, frankly, there were a whole lot more adults here than kids. Uh, So go figure, you know, but uh, awesome for everybody who showed up. But I think we've got a little bit of a recap of what happened, so there's just some pictures, lots of crafts and food, and the movie. I heard, I heard a lot of people saying today, and these were guys. In fact, every one of them was guys crying at the movie yesterday. Is that awesome? I mean, that's good. Good for you, Jordan. You're a real man. That's <laughs> awesome. Just <to laughs> so uh, so. Thanks for everybody who came. Thanks for everybody who helped make that happen yesterday. Um, also want to just thank everybody for uh, the angel tree last week. I think it was, Diana, was it just last week? Diana announced the angel tree. Uh, every single angel got taken off the tree, so thank you very much for those of you who took them again. Just a way to celebrate um, our, the coming of our Lord and blessing people, uh, kids in particular, in Ohio whose parents are incarcerated. Um, and now we have an announcement by Kathy. I'm trying to be good, huh?
1: You know? Thank you. Good morning. Um, so we're having our women's uh, Christmas brunch next Saturday. It's coming up December 11th, 10 a.m. here at the Well. We have over 40 women that have signed up. So it's going to be a great event. Um, so it's going to be a speaker. We're going to have uh, crafts. Uh, some of you have signed up for that. I will take your money for some of that. And we're gonna have a cookie exchange, so that's bringing a dozen cookies. Uh, we'll have them displayed on a table, and then you can like select the dozen that you'd like to take home. And we have these really cute little boxes that you can take them home in and either um, for yourself or give them as a gift to somebody. So this week, though, I wanna highlight our speaker. Um, and tell you a little bit about that. Carrie Cheney is going to be our speaker, our own Carrie Cheney. And her and her husband, Yaro did a uh, Christmas project together, an animated uh, film, short animated film together. And she's going to talk about that and really the impact it had on her life. But uh, we're going to sh- uh, see a little um, portion of that at the brunch. But um, today we're going to see the clip, I mean the the um, trailer. For it, So uh, we're going to see that on video. So again, it'll be a great uh, thing to hear from her uh, about the history of the project that they made together and also the impact it had on their lives.
2: Just beneath your Christmas tree, with all the blinking lights aglow, sits a small reminder of a birthday long ago. So find yourself a comfy spot. And listen as I tell the Merry Christmas story of the very first Noel. Joy to the world. The Lord is. All those months we thought we'd find a king of wealth and might. But in that blessed moment, we three wise men saw the the light. He came for both the rich and poor. And out-of-towners, too. He came for all the moms and dads. He came for kids like you.
3: Yeah, it's actually a, a pretty cool movie. Um... So I'm sure, ladies, you'll enjoy that. Um, I've got a couple of youth announcements. I'm the youth director here at The Well, um, and we have a lot. So I had to, like, throw this down in a nice schedule because it confused me. So I'm gonna. hopefully I don't confuse you, but we've got lots of events going on in December. Um, so the 15th, which is a Wednesday, we're going to have a Christmas party. And so we're starting a little bit earlier. It's, you know, usually youth groups from 6.30 to 8.00. We're starting from 6 and we're going to 8. We're going to have you know decorate cookies, have music, and we may transform this into a AC winter wonderland snowball fight zone. Um, So it's going to be fun. So we're going to do that on the 15th. And then the 22nd, um, we're going to have a kind of movie day slash shopping fun um, in Oxnard at the mall. We're going to, and it's going to be from 1130 to 6, so we're going to have pizza here before we go. We're going to go see Sing 2. Remember last time we had a movie night, we watched the first one. Very cool movie. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna see that, and then we're going to just hang out at the mall, and then we'll be dropping kids off either here or just dropping them off at home. Um, and it's 15 bucks for that, for the movie and food. And then, so this is also a Wednesday, uh, so we won't be having normal youth group, you know, from 6.30 to 8 that day, or the 29th, so... Gonna have two weeks off for Christmas break. No youth group. Enjoy the the Christmas and all the fun stuff. So, those are our youth announcements. And I think Mark has one more.
0: Do thank you, Jordan. So uh, just one final reminder: uh, there is going to be a Christmas Eve candlelight service here. It's going to be on Friday, December twenty fourth, from six to seven o'clock. It's always a special time every year, and we certainly encourage and invite you to uh, join us. So um, I'm going to pray, uh, and then Richie's going to come up and teach us. So. Lord, Lord, I, I was just so uh, impressed this morning with, with the word Emmanuel, Lord, that we are celebrating this time of year God with us, that Jesus, you, like we've been learning in Philippians, uh, just made the choice to humble yourself and to come to this earth as a man. And Lord, we celebrate, we worship you, we lift up and glorify your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, so come and just fill our hearts, speak to us through your spirit, speak to us through your word, and, uh, and just change us, Lord, to be more like you.
4: It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate that, Mark. So we're going to continue through Philippians. Uh, we're going to look at focus on verse 13, but one of the things that we've seen the last few weeks as we've uh, journeyed through Philippians is that words matter right? Words matter. And it's important as you read through the Bible, as you study the Bible, uh, that you really afford yourself opportunity to stop and to reflect. You know, oftentimes, I don't know about you, sometimes, you know, we get into a Bible reading plan or we have our daily devos and we just race through it. We, we kind of race through it. And, you know, it's a, it's a discipline and we do it and that's great, but... Sometimes there are words that we just miss, because words matter. Words matter. And and when you were in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, we're talking about Jesus emptying himself, and we looked at that word incarnation, right? That word matters. If, If you were to focus on incarnation, that God, Jesus being God, taking the form, emptying himself and taking the form of man And that being the basis of Christmas, incarnation matters. It it changes. It can reframe Christmas for you. It's an incarnation. You know, oftentimes, again, things become so familiar that we kind of get numb to them. Oh, you know, Jesus' birth. Christmas is about Jesus' birth. Well, I think for some of you, you've chosen to use the word incarnation, and it's changed things. It really has changed things, and it opens up even a different way of framing the Christmas story, if you see it through the lens of incarnation. And then when we were in, in uh, Philippians two, thirteen, right, we'll, read, we'll go ahead and read Philippians two, twelve and 13. It says this, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Leave, or Jordan, you can leave that up for a bit. And, and words matter even in this passage, right? When we saw, when I shared last Sunday, when you see the word therefore, as you're going through scripture, it's oftentimes you need to stop and ask what the word therefore is. Therefore, right? Because it ties everything together. You know, again, sometimes in our, in our journey through the Bible, we tend to kind of cherry pick verses, And we forget that, you know, in this case, Philippians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to believers in the city of Philippi. So as much as we get memory verses and like special verses, we have to remember context. So in this case, last week, we saw that word therefore is extremely important because therefore ties it back into the incarnation right? And then even in this verse, it says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? Words matter. And we looked at work out. It's not work for. We saw that last Sunday. This is not a work salvation. We, we were, re- were really clear here that we're saved by grace through faith, right? You can't earn it. You can't. Do anything to be good enough to get salvation, right? So it's a, the word is work out, and what, what we saw was three word pictures when, you, when he says to work out your salvation. Okay, it's not work for three word pictures was uh, for instance, if you own a gold mine, all the gold is in there, so to work out the gold mine means you possess it, get everything you can out of it, work it out, right? If you're a farmer, you own a field. Do everything you can to work out the field. Get the biggest harvest you can, right? If you're a mathematician, to work something out is to bring it to conclusion, to bring it to conclusion. So when the apostle Paul was telling believers to work out their salvation, he was saying, hey, you know what? You've been given everything you need for life and godliness. Now work it out. And I shared with you, if you understand Philippians 2, 12, and 13, suddenly, you have a reason to get up. You really do have a reason to get up as a believer. You have purpose. You have meaning. Because this morning, I wonder if any of us said, wow, I have an opportunity to work out my salvation today. I have an opportunity today in the next however many hours I'm awake, I have the opportunity to bring it further to conclusion I have an opportunity to mine more gold in my salvation today. I have an opportunity today from the time I get off of my pillow to the time I put my head back on my pillow, I have an opportunity today to be different. Amen? Like you have an opportunity. I mean, when he says work out your salvation, every morning you get up, you can, you can kind of get excited about the day because whatever God brings cross your path, good, bad, or otherwise, it's an opportunity to work out your salvation, amen? So, so, you know, if your day is like this, by the time you put your head down, you, you should be able to say, Father, thank you. I grew today. I took a step forward. Now, maybe I took two steps back at lunch, and then I recovered, right? But every day, as believers, these, these are such foundational verses, because so many people, again, They have no vision. They just wake up and they're gonna pay the bills and they're gonna go to the job that maybe they don't care for and and they're just going like robotically through life. And believers, we're, we're completely independent of that. You can wake up and say, you know what? By golly, even if I took one step forward, that was progress, amen? Think about that. If you took one baby step forward, Every day for a year, you would look back at the end of the year and say, I took 365 steps forward in my faith. Amen. It's phenomenal. And so, you know, we have this vision. We have this excitement. Okay, work it out. I'm going to work it out. I'm going to work it out. The challenging part, though, is that if we stay in verse 12, we can actually get stuck there. And if we're not careful, and that's why we've got to go to verse 13 today, verse 12 can actually become a place of bondage. Okay? Warren Wiersbe says this, too many Christians obey God only because of pressure on the outside and not power on the inside. And we talked about the heart of obedience last Sunday. It's not compulsion. It's not compliance. It's love. If you're a believer, if I'm a believer, I should want to, obey the Lord, want to do what pleases Him because I love them. Amen? I mean, it's just relational. We do things for people that we just love. We don't have to even overthink it. We just love them. I live self-sacrificially so for those I love. I don't even have to overthink that, right? And yet, verse 12, I think there's a part of verse 12 that appeals to our performance society, that appeals to works, that appeals to religion, where we feel like we have to work really hard at something in our own effort, right? And in Galatians, the apostle Paul addressed this, and he says this in Galatians 3.3. He says, how foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? And what he was saying is, hey, you know what? You came to Christ by faith. You received the Holy Spirit by faith and the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Now you're just trying to do it all in your own flesh, in your own effort. It's like, time out. You got to stop. But I think that a lot of us, even as believers, we get caught up in that. We, we put our faith in Jesus, right? You receive the gift of salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. And then somewhere along the line, we slide into, well, now it's up to me. And this is with the best of intentions, Okay, this is not a slam on anybody, but we can slide into creating our own new laws, our own personal standards, right? So we know that the the old covenant and the old law was put away through Jesus, but if we're not careful as believers, we create our own Ten Commandments. And we start living up to these external standards, and usually a lot of believers that I come across, when you're living as a believer under duty and your own made-up laws and everything like that, You're not very joyful. Now you've just slid right back into working really hard to be a really good moral, ethical person, trying really hard not to mess up too bad so that God doesn't get too mad at you today. I mean, that's that's honestly, I think that's a lot of us And, and a lot of believers. You're half empty. If I say, "Hey, how's your walk going?" A lot of times when I say, Hey, how's it going with the Lord? The first thing out of their mouth is they'll just give me a list of all the bad things they're doing and how far they're falling short. Well, you know, I'm just working on this area. And gosh, you know, I still haven't kicked that habit. I'm just, and I'm like, Wow. Can you imagine, like, you know, Mark, right? If I'm like, if I go to Kathy and he's like, Well, you know, how's your marriage? He's like, Well, you know, Mark, he just keeps falling short. And Mark, he, you know, Mark. I mean, you should be celebrating a relationship, amen? But why is it as believers we're half empty? If I were to say, hey, how's your walk going? Well, you know, gosh, uh you know? Why do we flip that and we become our own taskmasters and our own, you know, oh, I'm just blowing it again and I'm always just falling behind? That's where if you get stuck in verse 12, you might have lost your joy you might have lost the joy of a supernatural new covenant relationship through faith in Jesus, right? And, and and I was thinking of this because, you know, right around Christmas is New Year's and people tend to make New Year's resolutions, right? And so anyone here make New Year's resolutions? How many of you resolve not to make New Year's resolutions just because of repeated failure, right? Well, I was thinking of this because I was thinking of, you know, there's something similar in, in resolution land, if you want to call it that. And even how we do our walk. And, and I thought of this in terms of like, sometimes we make resolutions to, to exercise, right? I just need some. Right. And I think, you know, we make these resolutions in our life, or we have a resolution to, I'm going to work on this area. I'm going to work on this area as a Christian. This is an area I really need to work on. Right. And so we make this really good resolution or this intention. Right. And, and if I define, if I can hold it like this, that's success. I've improved, I've conquered it, right? And, and we're very self-determined, and we have a lot of effort, and we're like, yes, yes, I'm doing well. How long? How long? Till my arms, right? And it's, I'm doing good right now, right? I'm doing good, and things like, I can talk, and then, but over time, come back at like 12, 1, but over time, what happens is, in my own effort, this thing will start to drop, right? And eventually, it'll overcome me. Gravity will—the law of gravity will overcome my self-effort, right? The law of gravity. And then I'm going to be like, "Oh, you're such a failure! Oh, you did it again! I thought you kicked that habit. I thought you—I thought you're a good Christian. I thought you were past that. Come on!" And then you have to make a choice: either you're going to make this resolution again. And you're going to get self-determined again, and you're going to rest a little bit, and you're going to go, okay, this time, this time, my effort will overcome the law of gravity. And you feel pretty good about yourself. But ultimately, who wins? The law of gravity, right? And then you fall again. And you're like, oh, come on, I thought I was past this as a Christian. Oh, man. You know, oh, I'm such a failure. Oh, I can't go to men's group. Oh, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible, right? And I think a lot of us as Christians live like this because we're living in our own efforts. And when, when it's here, yeah, oh, we're great, right? And then over, the, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, oh, what a loser, right? Right, and then here's the crazy thing. That's just one issue in your life. What if you get a bigger issue? (laughs) Now you got this one issue and you say, now God showed me a bigger one, two pounds heavier. And now you're doing this, you know? There's a lot of flapping Christians. That's how we live our life. Oh, 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 this is good. Oh, not so good. Come on. Oh, wait, what are you doing? Oh, 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 I'm good. Oh, I'm such a loser. I'm a double loser, right? We're in this. A lot of us are just in this because we bought into sort of the self-help, be the best version of yourself. You can do it. Work out your salvation. Come on. Just try harder, Right? Yeah, right. I mean, which one is it? And this is just two, right? Now you got your, something on your leg, and you got something here, right? Because we got more than two issues. Barry, you got more than two issues. I got more than two issues, right? So how do we do this then? If you know, we're not supposed to be doing this till we go to the pearly gates, right? How, what's the, what's the deal? Is this is this when Jesus said I came to give you life and life abundantly? He meant like spiritual aerobics? I mean, what? What is this the deal? Like, okay, okay, ready, class, you know, I mean, is this what we're supposed to be doing till Jesus comes back or we see Jesus? I mean, really? That's where we have to be careful, right? And again, it starts with the best of intentions because we can bear our own worst critic. We know our stuff and we're like, I got to work on this. I really got to work on this. And You might have had success in that with your business, with your school, with whatever, where you were so driven that you accomplished it. And so you bring that into your faith, and then you wonder, like, what is going on? I'm exhausted. I feel like I'm always messing up eventually, and I can never get ahead. What's going on? Well, what's going on is you stayed at verse 12. You got to get to verse 13. Verse 13. Right? And so, verse 13 says this. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, what I said at the beginning, words matter. So, if you have your Bible and you're comfortable writing, underlining, whatever, the word that you would probably skip over that really matters is for. What? It's for. And if you really understand the significance of the word for between twelve and thirteen, you can have transformation like this. Your life, your spiritual life, you can get off this. Because of that word for. Because that word for, it's it's called a term of explanation. So when he says in verse 12, hey, continually work out your salvation with fear and trembling, that's a continuous thing. For explains how that's even possible. Okay? Very important word. For it is who? Oh, it's God. It's God who works in you to will and to do It doesn't say for, it is up to you. For, keep the weight out there and don't let it fall. In your self-effort, in your own, right, strength. For it is who? God. It's God who works in me. If you're a believer, God works in, oh, mm, that's heavy. That's heavy. And this is what separates Christianity from the works religions of the world. This is what can free you today from the law that maybe you've created. And the duty and the drudgery and the lack of joy. Because according to 2.13, it's who? Working in who? It's God working in me. And we saw last week that when you put your faith in Jesus under the new covenant, you're born again, right? Many of you are familiar. You're born again. It's called regeneration. Regeneration or being born again of the Spirit means you have a new heart, right? Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules radical, supernatural thing happens. we covered this quite a bit. When you put your faith in Christ, you are born again, regeneration, child of God, right? Not only are you declared not guilty, fully righteous, you're given a new heart. You're given a new nature supernaturally that wants to obey God. Now, you don't do it perfectly, but you have a desire A desire, again, I ask this pretty frequently, how many of you, the fact that you're here at church because you want to be, you know in your own story, that's pretty much of a miracle. You want to be here. Well, if you're looking for evidence of God in your life, the fact that you desire the things of God is a God thing, amen? That's what he's saying here, right? So remember, justification is a legal declaration by God, the judge, that you're declared not guilty, right? Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So justification, once for all, legal declaration, not guilty, fully righteous, right? Clothed in the righteousness. You're justified. What we're talking about here is not how God accepts us. We're talking about how he changes us. It's called sanctification, right Romans 12:2 do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect you've seen this much over the last uh, several years transformed is a word metamorphosis so as a believer you're not just becoming a better version of yourself you're a brand new version that word metamorphosis you know the word pictures the caterpillar to the butterfly right You are supernaturally becoming something that never existed before. It is not just cleaning up your old self. It's walking in newness of life. Amen. So when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says you're a new creation and you spend the rest of your time on here working out this new creation, taking it for a test drive, figuring out how all the buttons work and all the gadgets in the new car, right? The new model. That's what you are. You're not just like a a redone version of the old you. You're brand new. You're brand new, right? And so in the the living translation, Philippians 2.13 says this, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So if you, as a believer, have this desire to work through these issues, not only is God giving you that desire, He's giving you the power to deal with it. Amen? He gives you the desire and the power. Now, for a lot of us, you hear that and you're like, okay, yeah, that's really good. And then you're going to leave here and you're still going to rely on yourself. And this is where, again, we just move so fast that you've got to stop. Thomas Constable says this, sometimes we want to do right, but seem to lack the energy or ability. This verse assures us that God will help us. At other times, we cannot even seem to want to do right. Here we learn that God can also provide the desire to do his will when we do not have it. If we find that we do not want to do right, we can ask God to work in us to create a desire to do his will. This verse gives us confidence that God desires both to motivate and to enable us. Amen? You see, it's not about me and it's not about you fixing everything. It's about us coming to father and saying, father, I need you to change my heart to match your heart, to want to do what you want me to do. And then to enable me to do that. So maybe you're struggling in an area of pride and you're like, Oh, I've been battling with pride. I've been battling with pride for so long. Well, maybe the prayer should be Lord. Lord, change my desire regarding pride. Give me your perspective on pride. Give me the desire for humility, not just putting off pride, but put on the godliness of humility, meekness. Okay. So this is, this is how this works is a lot of times we're like, Oh, I got to get rid of this. I got to get rid of this. I got to get rid of this. And we sort of are very uh, critical, but we don't balance that with vision of what we're supposed to do. So it's like, oh, I'm so prideful, I'm so prideful, but we, don't fr- we, we forget that I should focus on humility and meekness, right? So we keep, we keep beating ourselves up for everything we shouldn't be doing, and we focus on everything we shouldn't be doing, and when you focus on what you shouldn't be doing, what do you end up doing? That. That, right? It's like if there was a bridge across a little canyon here, and they put a, a board, and they say, okay, walk across. If you get to the board and you're like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. What's going to happen a large percentage of the time? Because that's what you're saying to yourself over and over. If you're on the end, you're like, walk across, get to the other side, get to the other side, you will get to the other side. Because your focus is on where you're going. It's the same thing as us as believers. A lot of times we're focused on all the knots instead of what would glorify God. And if we would focus on doing what glorifies God, the knots kind of take care of themselves, amen? Because we're so busy focusing on humility and meekness, I don't have time to be prideful. You see what I'm saying? So this this is a work of God. It says, to will and to work or desire and power. So think about that. When was the last time you or I, came to the Lord and said, Father, I want you to change my desires. I want you to change me from trying to do this all on my own to relying on you 100%. See, that flip, because of that word for at the beginning of verse 13, changes everything. It changes everything. Chuck Swindoll says this, Christ says in effect, You want to live my life? Here's my power. Lo and behold, he strengthens us within. You want to please my heavenly father? Here's my enablement. And he enables us by his spirit. You see, Christ not only lived an exemplary life, he also makes it possible for us to do the same. He gives us his pattern to follow without, while at the same time, time providing the needed power within. Because we have his example to follow and his power to pull it off, you and I no longer have to fake it or hurry it, or strive for it. Once he gets control of our minds, the right attitudes bring about the right actions. It's about him. Our job is to abide in him. Our job is to stay rightly related and in a love relationship with him. Loving him with all of our heart, all of our being, we love him first and foremost. That's the greatest commandment, right? So you say, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Love me. Why is it to love me? Because if I love him, everything flows out of that love relationship. I'll obey him. I'll want to glorify him. It's because I love him. And yet a lot of us flip it, and we live in verse 12 about works and working it out and how much I fail and this and this and this. And Jesus is like, uh, can you just love me? Can, can you just like focus on loving me? And I'll, I'll give you the desires, and I'll give you the power to, to live a life that glorifies me, right? Here's a verse that, that kind of, again, one of those that many of you are familiar with, but can really knock your socks off. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a, that's a crazy verse. Because he says, this, hey, it's not me. I've been crucified. It's Christ in me. You want like personal incarnation? There you go. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity indwells believers. My job, live by faith. Obedience. Love. I have been crucified. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What? What? So, so, how do we, how do we do this then? Right? Help me, help us, help me to understand. Because verse twelve does teach man's responsibility. Verse thirteen is our responsibility coupled with God's resources and sovereignty. Amen. Those two verses are inseparable. We have a responsibility, but it's not self-only. We bring God and his power, resources, right? And he changes us from the inside out. He changes us from the inside. And so, can I use you, Barry? Okay, come on. So let's say Barry is me in this example. Are you able to do this? I don't want to insult you, but I want to. Okay, so if he's like this, (laughs) right? So again, Barry in his own effort He's trying to overcome the law of gravity, and he's successful for a time, right? And, again, like the rest of us, right, eventually it will win, right? When you bring verse 13 into this, right, here's how it changes. Here's how it changes. You can relax your arm a little. (laughs) He's, He's still responsible to hold this. He's still responsible to hold this, but where's the strength coming from? God, verse 13, is overcoming the law of gravity. The law of sin, all of that is overcome because it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen? See the difference? So a lot of us, this is the relation, this this is where we have to focus, the connecting. Jesus says, abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. It's the abiding. We we got to stay connected with Jesus, so that He can change our desire and give us empower, and then we can deal with life. But a lot of us are just trying to do this on our own. Your life as a believer can radically transform if you say, "Lord, I need You." not only do I need Your power, I need to, You to change me. Give me the, the, Your desires, Your will, and then we walk like this with Him. He still has His responsibility but he's now dependent on God. Amen? Thank you. And so today, just give you a little starting point because we're, gonna, we're actually gonna camp here for maybe a week or maybe two because this is foundational. I've been in ministry 30 years and you know I get so burdened by brothers and sisters in Christ who just have lost their joy, have created their own personal laws and they just desire with the best of intentions to honor God. But somewhere along the line, it's this. And, and, and I get their heart for God. They want to serve God. They even come to church. They serve in ministries. But in their heart, it's just, it's still this. And these two verses are just so foundational to us finding freedom. Just finding Freedom in Christ, right? And so a starting point, I just want to help you a little bit. Look at Psalm 37.4. I love this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this verse gets so misinterpreted because people will say, oh, it's like Santa Claus. Delight myself in the Lord and he'll give me the Tesla I want. Delight myself in the Lord, and I'll get a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife, right? Because he'll give me the desires of my heart. Well, he knows I really want that PS5. So that's not what this verse means at all. Okay? Thinking about verse 13, it's God who works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Look at this. Leave it up, Jordan. This verse says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the what? Okay. So our job is to delight, which means take pleasure, enjoyment. He's our source of joy and rejoicing. He's our highest gratification. We just love him. When we do that, he will change your desires to be his desires. Amen? That's what happens. That's why when you suddenly don't want to smoke and you don't want to drink and you don't want to cuss anymore and your friends go, what happened to you? You're like, I don't know, bro. I just don't want to do it anymore. That's a testimony to God's work. Amen? Amen? He has changed your desire. It's not like the pastor popo going, you can't, you shan't. You know what I mean? You know, thou shalt not. This external compulsion and compliance, it's like love God, and he will change you from the inside out. I had a a friend who was a pastor down in Orange County, and they had ashtrays outside their sanctuary. And someone asked the church leadership, why do you have ashtrays? Are you guys condoning smoking? And they said, no. We want everyone to come in here and meet Jesus. And we believe that when you come and meet Jesus, he'll deal with the smoking issue. It's an inside-out job. It's an inside-out deal. And, and believe me, I get this. I've, you know, I've been counseling people for 30 years. And honestly, there are a whole bunch of doors that are locked from the inside. And, and people will only change when their desires change. Their desires, when God changes their desires, then they'll open the door from the outside or from the inside. But I know, you know, I've been in the, I've, again, I've, I've been there. And when someone doesn't want to change because their desire hasn't changed, their heart hasn't changed, you know what? They ain't gonna change. Now we'll pray for you. We'll show you what scripture says. We'll, we'll speak the truth in love. But honestly, best thing I can do is get you to delight yourself in the Lord. To love God. Because according to Psalm 37:4, He'll change your desire. He'll bring the conviction. And when He brings the conviction, He'll give you the power to walk in newness. Amen? That's, that's kind of the new covenant relationship that we're in. This is why it's a joy. This is why it's like the Spirit in you, right? Walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit. It's an inside out. It's an inside out. Now, what else can we do? You can also invite some people into your life, a brother or sister, maybe a pastor, maybe someone, a mentor, and you can give them permission to speak freely into your life because you you know, you trust that they love you and what they'll say to you will be for your good and that they desire your best as well. You invite some people, one, maybe just one, into your life, and you say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to invite you to to share with me what you see so that you can encourage me in this. You can pray for me. You can be a sounding board. I have it. I have it. You know, I had some things, even some challenges in my own life this week, and what did I do? Call Tyler. And, you know, when when he hears me say, hey, can I dump on you for a bit, all he says is, okay, go. You know, we all, you need that. We all need that. And so if it's not this, what? where do we start? Start by saying, Lord, give me the desire to delight in you. Because honestly, there's a lot of things competing for your delight. That's why the Bible says, don't love the things of the world. There's a lot of things out there competing for your love, your delight. So maybe you need to start. okay, What what am I really focusing on? Where is my attention? Where is my heart? And then is there people, Lord, in my life that I can invite in so that not only is it the Lord, but it's people around me who are still helping me in this area? Because the Lord will use people to help hold your arm up, right? But a lot of us, again, we get caught in this because we're lone rangers, and honestly, in the church, we get caught up in this because we're still scared about what people are going to think about us. If they really knew, if they really knew, and we still carry a lot of guilt and shame and embarrassment and we're f- afraid of condemnation, you know. And so we, we're living lives like this. One, because we're not relying on the Lord, verse 13. And two, because we're so scared to ask people for help that we're going to live just this kind of life following Jesus. We're up, we're down. We're up, we're down. When all along you just needed, maybe invite someone in that helps you. You're not gonna do this perfectly, but you're gonna level out a little bit maybe. Maybe you're gonna be here and maybe a little bit you'll start to dip and that brother or sister will, hey, 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 and you'll come right back up here. But it's not these wild swings anymore. I'm hot, I'm cold, I'm hot, I'm cold. Victorious defeat. No, you're just gonna level out a little bit because you learn to walk in the spirit and you learn to walk with the brother and sister that you've invited in. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you that we're not left to our own self-effort and our own strength and our own understanding, and we don't have to pull ourselves up and and handle this all by ourselves. No. Verse 13 says, For... It is you who works to create in us the will and desire, the will, the desire, the power to do what pleases you. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here watching online. Maybe they're just tired and they've lost their joy and they don't know why. And maybe it's because they've been trying to hold the weights up and it's been up and down and up and down, and they just feel like failures, and they're ready to call it quits. They're discouraged. And maybe this morning the message is, hey, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So maybe today, Father, we say, Father, forgive us. Forgive me for not relying on you forgive me for leaning on my own strength and my own understanding father I ask your forgiveness and and father I haven't been delighting in you I've been distracted by the things of the world circumstance feelings whatever father I've just not been truly loving you and delighting in you as I ought so forgive me for that father I just want to come home I want you to change my desires And I want to just live a life of joy and abundance in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, in the best way I know how, I'm just yielding to you now. I'm just coming back. I'm just coming back. And I just want to live verse 12 and 13 in combination. My responsibility, your sovereignty, your power. And then, Father, for those who are here maybe listening, that maybe the first step is just to put their faith in Jesus before we take communion. Just give you an opportunity. The best way you know how, maybe it's a clearer today and you say, Jesus, the best way I know how, I'm trusting you this morning to be my Savior. I believe you are crucified, you died, you rose from the dead. It's not by works, I get that. So in the best way I know how I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus, and I'm receiving the gift of salvation today. And I understand, it's you working in me. It's regeneration. It's truly being born again, given a new heart, new desires, because I'm now a child of God. So, Jesus, in the best way I know how I'm giving my life to you, I thank you. So um, so here at the
0: well, we, well, really, like anywhere, just as believers, we are a family. And as a family, we do family things. And one of the things that we do uh, characteristically on the first Sunday of every month is we celebrate birthdays because families celebrate birthdays together. So if you were born in the month of December, raise your hand real high. Real high. One, two, three, four, five. There you go. Don't be shy. Okay, great. Okay, so if if somebody around you had their hand raised, uh, we're going to say happy birthday and just kind of address the person close to you. So is this December birthdays? All right, Caleb. Okay, well, we're going to be singing happy birthday to you, buddy. Okay. All right, everybody ready? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Barry and Caleb and everybody else. Happy birthday to you. all right well that was a special birthday there that's awesome so uh just a couple of reminders uh about giving Uh, again just thank you so much we're kind of coming into the end of the year we've had seriously even given last year and this year with the pandemic just very generous giving Thank you so much. Giving online, giving here, giving in the boxes, mailing it in, lots of different options. We also at each of the boxes have um, kind of get to know you cards. Uh, If you're new here, uh, we really do want to get to know you and uh, just include you as part of our family. So putting information on there gives us an opportunity just to reach out to you and know who you are and get to know you. So uh, we also, how many of you guys came to the star yesterday, the movie, the family movie? So lots of people. I heard, frankly, there were a whole lot more adults here than kids. Uh, So go figure, you know, but uh, awesome for everybody who showed up. But I think we've got a little bit of a recap of what happened. So there's just some pictures, lots of crafts and food and the movie. I I heard a lot of people saying today, and these were guys. In fact, every one of them was guys crying at the movie yesterday. Is that awesome? I mean, that's good. Good for you, Jordan. You're a real man. That's awesome. Just to <laughs> so uh, so. thanks for everybody who came. Thanks for everybody who helped make that happen yesterday. Um, also want to just thank everybody for uh, the angel tree last week. I think it was, Diana, was it just last week? Diana announced the angel tree. Uh, every single angel got taken off the tree. So thank you very much for those of you who took them again. Just a way to celebrate um, our, the coming of our Lord and blessing people, uh, kids in particular in Ohio whose parents are incarcerated. Um, and now we have a announcement by Kathy. I'm trying to be good, huh? You know?
1: Thank you. Good morning. Um, so we're having our women's Uh, Christmas brunch next Saturday. It's coming up December 11th 10 a.m. here at the well. We have over 40 women that have signed up so it's going to be a great event Um, so it's going to be a speaker. We're going to have crafts. Uh, Some of you have signed up for that. I will take your money for some of that and we're going to have a cookie exchange so that's bringing a dozen cookies. Uh, We'll have them displayed on a table and then you can like select the dozen that you'd like to take home, and we have these really cute little boxes that you can take them home in and either um, for yourself or give them as a gift to somebody. So, this week, though, I want to highlight our speaker um, and tell you a little bit about that. Carrie Chaney is going to be our speaker, our own Carrie Chaney. And her and her husband Yaro did a uh, Christmas project together, an animated uh, film, short animated film together. And she's going to talk about that and really the impact it had on her life. But uh, we're going to see a little um, portion of that at the brunch. But um, today we're going to see the clip, I mean the um, trailer for it. So uh, we're going to see that on video. So again, it'll be a great uh, thing to hear from her uh, about the history of the project that they made together and also the impact it had on their lives.
2: Just beneath your Christmas tree with all the blinking lights aglow sits a small reminder of a birthday long ago. So find yourself a comfy spot and listen as I tell the Merry Christmas story of the very first Noel. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. All those months we Joy thought we'd find world. a king of the wealth Lord and might. God. But in that blessed moment, we three wise men saw the light. He came for both the rich and poor, and out-of-towners, too. He came for all the moms and dads. He came for kids like you.
3: It's actually a, a pretty cool movie, um, so I'm sure, ladies, you'll enjoy that. Um, I've got a couple of youth announcements. I'm the youth director here at The Well, um, and we have a lot. So I had to, like, throw this down in a nice schedule because it confused me. So I'm gonna, hopefully I don't confuse you, but we've got lots of events going on in December. Um, so the 15th, which is a Wednesday, we're going to have a Christmas party. And so we're starting a little bit earlier. It's you know usually youth groups from 6:30 to 8. We're starting from 6 and we're going to 8. Uh, we're gonna have you know decorate cookies, have music, and we may transform this into a AC Winter Wonderland snowball fight zone. Um, so it's gonna be fun. So we're gonna do that on the 15th, and then the 22nd um, we're going to have a kind of movie day slash shopping fun um, in Oxnard at the mall. We're going to and it's gonna be from eleven thirty to six, so we're gonna have pizza here before we go. We're gonna go see Sing Two. Remember last time we had a movie night, we watched the first one. Very cool movie. Uh so we're gonna we're gonna see that and then we're gonna just hang out at the mall and then we'll be dropping kids off either here or just dropping them off at home. Um and it's fifteen bucks for that for the movie and food. And then so this is also a Wednesday, uh so we won't be having normal youth group, you know from 6.30 to 8 that day, or the 29th. So we're going to have two weeks off for Christmas break. No youth group. Enjoy the the Christmas and all the fun stuff. So those are our youth announcements, and I think Mark has one more.
0: Thank you, Jordan. So uh, just one final reminder, uh, there is going to be a Christmas Eve candlelight service here. It's going to be on Friday, December 24th, from 6 to 7 o'clock. It's always a special time every year, and we certainly encourage and invite you to uh, join us. So um, I'm going to pray, uh, and then Richie's going to come up and teach us. So, Lord, Lord, I, I was just so uh, impressed this morning with with the word Emmanuel, Lord, that we are celebrating this time of year. God with us. That Jesus, you, like we've been learning in Philippians, uh, just made the choice to humble yourself and to come to this earth as a man. And Lord, we celebrate. We worship you. We lift up and glorify your name, Jesus Christ. Um, So come and just fill our hearts. Speak to us through your spirit. Speak to us through your word. and, uh, And just change us, Lord, to be more like you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.